This podcast is intended solely for blind and print-impaired audiences and is brought to you by the Radio Talking Book Service in Omaha, Nebraska. It's time now for this week's episode of Tech It Out, a program poised on the cutting edge of technology. Outlook Enrichment is pleased to sponsor this edition of Tech It Out here on Radio Talking Book. For more information about Outlook Enrichment, please call 531-365-5051 or visit www.outlooken.org. Welcome to another edition of Tech It Out. I'm Paulette Monty, the Executive Director of Outlook Enrichment. And with me today is one of our newer, but familiar to some of you, Adaptive Tech Trainers, Dennis Nelson. Hi, everyone. And so today we're talking about, because Dennis got me going on BARD again, and it's been a while since I had used BARD. And so there's a lot of really new, neat features that are new to the BARD now that weren't there when I was using it previously. So we thought it might be a good idea just to kind of talk about how you do some of those new and interesting things in BARD. So Let's talk about some of the changes, Dennis, that we're seeing in BARD now than how it used to be set up. Sure. I would think probably the biggest change for everybody is the ability to download books directly from the BARD app. It used to be you had to go to the BARD website and download your books. Now you can do it right from the app itself. That's probably the biggest change. That was kind of a, a newer feature that I really, really did enjoy. Um, and we're going to go over some tips for looking and how you can use some of the mechanisms within the BARD app to go and get some more information and search. So one of the big things with looking for your books is always how you search for those books. And so let's talk about that a little bit about Dennis is how, what's the best way to search for books on the BARD app? Well, that depends on what you want to do. If you know the title of the book, you can start there. That's what a lot of people will know first. Of course, the other option is to also search by author and you can do that. You could also search with some other criteria such as uh, the uh, newest Books added to BARD. I don't know if I'm using the exact terminology, but uh, the latest editions of things that have been added, you can do it that way. So there's a number of ways that you can search. A couple of things to keep in mind when you are doing your searches for books, for example, is having the exact title. And whether you're going to another source to look for that exact title and then pasting it into the BARD app is one way you can do that. I like to look for things on maybe Amazon or Goodreads or different things like that and look or even going to the author's website themselves, especially if I'm looking for something in that reading order for the site and knowing which book is next. I agree. And if you don't know, if you don't know those options or have not used those, you could also go to Google and do searches for books and oftentimes you'll find just by putting in a title if, if if a book is available as well. And then it will often lead you right where you're saying. Oh, exactly. Like to the author's website. Correct. More information. Correct. So those are so great things to, to keep in mind. Keep in mind that BARD doesn't always have the most recent and up-to-date books. Sometimes there's a easily a six-month wait before a brand new book may be made available to you through the BARD app. 
So that's where that feature that Dennis was talking about going in and looking at what's new um, or recently added to the bar directory can be very helpful. Let's also talk about some of the, the, the features on the bottom. So we have our settings, we have some of these other things. So if you're new to BARD, let's talk about the account settings. The account settings allow you to set up your email address and if there's changes to your email, you can download books, whether you wanna be able to download them over your mobile network. So you can use that when you're even roaming and you're on your cellular. Yes, that is correct. One thing to note, though, you can only have the BARD app on one device as far as like an iPhone or if anybody has iPods anymore, anything like that. You can only have it on one of those devices at a time and they make it very clear. Sometimes when you have things on different devices, you know, if you're still able to, because some of who are using the older app may still have it on more than one device, Mm -hmm. right? They could. But if you are listening to a book on one device, it's not going to, like Amazon, we've talked about with Amazon, you can, it keeps track of where you are. When you're using multiple devices, because you are downloading book, that book to that device, it will not keep track if you move between devices. No, and there is a there is a button that will tell you that, you know, it'll ask you where you want to start reading. Do you want to read, you know, from where you are? Do you want to read from this location? There is a button that allows you to, to choose that so that you can catch up to where you left off on the other device. Another option in the settings is the auto lock during download toggle switch, which is an on and off toggle switch. And this allows you to lock your iPhone while that download is happening, right? That's correct. That can be very handy so you don't bump the phone and kill the download. (laughs) You know, and then one of the key options, especially if you're a Braille user, that you may want to turn on in the settings options is there's the audio only options or there's Braille options. You know, there's the option to see both. So if you're using your iPhone or mobile device with a refreshable Braille display with, you know, or listening to audiobooks too, you want to make sure that you have those correct settings in there so that you can quickly access not only just audiobooks, but the Braille books also. Yes, that's correct. And in those audio settings in, in it, it allows you to, again, with your near audio settings to adjust your speed, you know, you can modify your tone, you can do background playback, um, as well as locking it during those playbacks. Um, This is, I think, where you were talking about setting it up so you can automatically start where you left off, or you can set it to like a five second rewind um, to go back and look at um, some of those go back that five seconds. So it kind of gives you that little leeway to know where you stopped off yes, again. Yes, that's correct. And it, and, and it even has a sleep timer. So if you get drowsy, you can, you can actually set a sleep timer so you don't miss a lot of your book as well. So there's a lot in that setting dialogue. Yeah. And if you, if you get frustrated, if say you get frustrated and you forgot, you know, that maybe you set one of those settings, there's also a restart to default, which is nice. Sometimes if you accidentally turn something on that, you don't know that you, you, you needed to turn on. 
Um, let's talk about the Braille display and low vision setting, because those those are kind of nice in there, too. Um, with the low vision contrast, we looked at the different ones. You have about four different options. You have black with white, white on black background, um, and black with a pale yellow, so kind of a kind of cream background color, or yellow text on black. So if you're looking at some of those higher contrast settings, you'll find it here. Um, it's a not um, very um, right in your face that this is where you would set your color contrast because it's listed underneath the Braille and the display setting. Yes. And so you may need to go into that. One of the things I will tell you is if you are using built-in color filters on your iPhone, so if you have, for example, a green filter, it will carry over to this. But one of the things that we found out as we were looking at this is some of those, if you do the in-app options to change, so say you want your in-app options to, you have dark mode on most of yours, it does not work in the BARD app. You actually do have to go into the BARD app and you have to turn it to either the black with white or the black with yellow for those higher contrast settings. Other things that you're going to find in here are your Braille settings. So we have setting your Braille display character length first. That's the first option in there. And so that is setting it to like 25 characters or like if you're using a 44 cell display, that's where you're gonna go. That's where you change the characters. Yeah, 40 and 20 cell Braille displays are probably the most common, but. Braille auto scroll, what is that? Auto scroll will automatically scroll from the top of the Braille page to the bottom. So you can set that and it will actually scroll and there's different increments that you can set that for so that you can control the speed at which it's doing that. And then we have our time per line and our time per character features. Yes, and those will hold those will keep it on a particular character for our for a specified length of time so that you're not again so that you're not moving too fast or too slow through uh, material. You can control how fast your your braille display is moving along through material. So now that we've talked about settings, let's move on to the bookshelf. So okay. the bookshelf is that listing of books you've already selected, right? This is, so the, this is all that stuff where you've already pulled it out, you've downloaded it to the bookshelf. Correct. Yeah, that's where you find all your books. Anything you've put on there is, is listed on the bookshelf. So, Dennis, do you have any tips, like, on how to best access, like, the information um, in that BARD on that bookshelf? you know, accessing the book descriptions, what are some of the tips you might have for people when using that? Yeah, there's a lot of things. For example, that that bookshelf, unless you actually go through and clear it out, will keep a history of things that you've done. So if you've read a book and somebody asks you what you have read, I will often use the bookshelf to go back and uh, check out uh, again or review the number of books that I've read. Maybe not the number so much, but a particular book. You can find out the author. It's a great way to look up past authors, past titles that you've read, that sort of thing, because it's all maintained there until you delete items. So when you keep them there, does that store a copy of the book and just eat up your memory, or how does that work? No, um, the when, once you have downloaded a book, the, the books themselves go into something called past downloads. The bookshelf is just what is on 
on the app at the moment um, that you are, I don't know how to explain it. There, it, it'll keep a reference of all the books that you have physically put on the app. And another great place to get that is also in recent downloads as well. Yeah, and that's kind of one of the things that I found nice is I could, if I finished reading a book and I could see on the download list, I could then go get more information on the book. Correct. So from that point, you can get, um, we had a consumer who's, she's reading some of the, um, of a book series and we were able to go in and show her when you swipe right to get to that more information and double tap on it for the description that she could get more information on like the author, what other books are in that book series. Um, So it made it really easy for her to go and find that next book in the series. And that's a really nice feature instead of having to go out, like we were saying earlier, going to like Google search, the author's webpage, different things is a quick way to go and do that. And when you're looking at that, a good tip for you when you're looking to see what the next book in the series is, is look at the dates that the publication dates on the books, because that that'll be a good way to help you identify what maybe that next book in that series is. Um, But say you will like that author and you want to go and see um, what other books that person may wrote. So like, for example, one of my favorite authors is Patricia Briggs. And she wrote the Mercy Thompson books, but she has another, some other book series out there. And this allowed me to go out and find some of the other book series that she's written that I may not have been familiar with because I've read all of hers from one particular book series. Sure. And that's, that's very true. I, I, one of my favorite authors is John J. Nance. And so the same, same things you just talked about apply with him as well. And it separates the John J. Nance, which is very important, as you mentioned earlier, in making sure you know what you're searching for, because there is a John J. Nance and there is also a John Nance with no J. So it can get very confusing. So you want to make sure you know who you are searching for. Yeah. And you'll see that with books that have like really common names. So you mentioned earlier about deleting books. What's the best way to delete books off of the from your bookshelf, what's the best way to delete? Usually I just go and look for the delete book button, which says, you know, delete the delete book. It's very clear. It's very uh, descriptive. Now, is that something where you got to swipe to get into that information or is that an up or down flick? How did, how, what's the easiest way to do that? Uh, I would say the easiest way is to swipe to the right through the different options, and that's how you can find it, delete book. That's how I always do it. Say I, because I did this recently, mm-hmm. say you accidentally delete a book, you know, and you're still in the middle of the book, like when you go in and you're clearing out, what's the best way to retrieve that book maybe that you accidentally deleted? Well, the, probably the quickest way is to look at, at your past downloads, recent downloads, I think is what it actually says. And you go look there to see if that book is 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 still in that list. Uh, if you completely deleted it off the device, probably the simplest way is to go back is to go to a tab we haven't talked about yet called Get Books, and you can go there and and you know re-input your information. But uh, recent downloads or or past downloads is probably the quickest way to get a book back if it's still there. 
And that's how I went in. I went in and I did the past downloads because mm-hmm. I was showing somebody and I accidentally deleted the book that <laughs> I did. So um, let's talk about the wish list, you know, because that's another feature yeah. we have. And, and the wish list is a really great place for you to store any book that you want to read in the future. Right. Um, but you can also keep put back on the wish list books you've read too. So the wish list can be a way you can not only store that historical information of what kinds of books you've read, um, or maybe there's a particular author, but their book may not be out for another, you know, sometimes it's two years between, and you don't want to forget that author that you read before. Correct. Yeah. So sometimes I'll go back into the wish list and I'll put that book that I just finished reading, reading back on the wish list so I know to look for things from that author. But what are some of the other ways that a wish list can be used? Well, which, a wish list is nice because you can put books that, as well, you started to allude to it, that you can that you want to get later at a later time. That's what I generally use my wish list for. If I find out that there's a book out there or someone told me at work, for example, if there's this great book, you've got to get it. I will often go and add it to my wish list so that I can check it later and and. Uh, you know, get it from there at a more convenient time. That would be our typically lunch conversation. Exactly. (laughs) We're always adding and sharing books at our lunch conversations. But um, that's one of the nice things uh, about the wish list, you know, is that being able to store all of those things that you're interested in. And maybe you hear about a different author and you put like the first book in a series on it. The nice thing about... um, that bookshelf option also is that, as we alluded to, talked about earlier, is that recently added to BARD. And that will give you that listing of all the new books, new magazines. Um, You can search for things specifically on there, but it will give you that nice, you know, what's new to BARD kind of information. So, and then there's also the most popular books feature. Yeah, that's a very handy feature as well, because if you're interested in what are people reading, maybe you don't read a whole lot of books or whatever. And the most popular book feature is a great way to go and just kind of see what's out there, what what interests you. And it breaks it down into categories and 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 different places that you can search through to get that information. And, and again, you can always search on the BARD app as well, especially if you see something under under that category and you want to actually search and get more detailed information as well. So I like that. I like that feature a lot. I think one of the things that a lot of people um, forget is that Bard has uh, a large variety of magazines yes, available does. too. Um, that's not something I normally have used. Have you used that much? Yeah, I used to use it so that I could go get my latest Newsweek. I used to read Newsweek a lot. I haven't had as much time to do it lately, but I used to get Newsweek and some of the other magazines that are up there. Uh, and it is a great feature. I think sometimes it does get overlooked, but yes, it's a great place to find any kind of you know, magazine that is available to us uh, right from that right from that area. And and then the last feature in there is that downloads. And so mm-hmm. we already touched on the download features quite a bit and how you might use that for a variety of things. So let's kind of chit chat a little bit about the the cons that we found, some of the challenges that we have found with using Bard. Well, some people 
and it used to be, I think, worse. Some people have issues with all being in one app. They're so used to having gone to the Bard website to get books, and some people prefer that. But I think if you give the, these new features that they've tried to introduce, the more streamlined features, a chance, I think you'll find that you'll get to like them a lot better, and you're just using your Bard app and not having to deal with a website to go find things and get them on a wish list, then go to your phone or other other device that you're using. It's so much handier to have those things all integrated into one app. And I think it just takes getting used to for people. Yeah, it, it seemed from when I last used it, it seems so much more streamlined now yeah. where you used to be able to it seems like so many more steps. And one of the things that we're always looking at is how many steps is required to do a task here in the tech lab. So with not having to go out to the BARD site, it makes it a lot easier to just search within the app. I I found the search was also quicker. Yeah, it seems it easier that. where you don't have as many of the same options in that search as you did on the website. But um, and that's where it's really important, just like anything, whether you're doing a search for a book or you're doing a web search to have those kind of quick access. And the more information you put into that search field, like if you have the author's name and the title of the book, because like if you're working with somebody, maybe John Smith, well, there's probably a lot of authors by John Smith <laughs> out there. But if you have the, the the name and then the book title, too, or part of the book title, maybe you don't remember everything, it's going to give you a much better yield on those results. And it's a lot, seems a lot easier to kind of swipe through those now to, to find that information on that particular author and then add it to your book list or to immediately download it. You don't have to go through as many of the steps. And now that's not saying it may not take a little while to get used to swiping and moving around within the app. That's true. And But I would say to anybody that is learning an app for the first time or anything, whatever app it is, of course, today we're talking about the Bard app, but any app, I always recommend that people, if, if they know how to do it, swipe around the phone you know, experiment and and learn learn the features of that particular app that you're interested in as much as you possibly can, and don't be afraid to swipe or slide up and down with a you know a finger or try different finger combinations to get familiar with the app and what it has to offer. Yeah, I, I noticed when you're using it a lot that you're going to use your swipe left and right a lot to yeah. move up and down within like your lips. So going through those books, you're going to use it a lot or to get the, to the info button where you can get more information. You're going to use your swipe right, uh, right yeah. quite heavily on it, um, where I found to doing things like a specific task within it that flick up and flick down was one of those ones where you would use more heavily, like if you were trying to get to deleting a book or to some of those kinds of things. So keep that in mind. When you're working in the list, it's going to be a lot of left and right swiping. But when you're wanting to do a specific task in one of these, you're going to flick up and down on a lot of them. Yes, that is true. And for those who are experienced users, I can tell you that the main things that we talked about, like the bookshelf, get books, settings, all that you'll find on the bottom of your screen, near the bottom of the screen. 
So you can, you know, take your take a, a finger and just tap at the bottom of the screen and you'll get to one of them. Then you can swipe right or left if it's not the correct one and find exactly what you're looking for. Yeah, that's a great point, because in the BART app, most of that navigation does occur on the bottom. Unlike your phone apps and other things where you have features at the top, most of them will be right at the bottom or within the pages on the app itself. I think that's an attempt by BARD to make it as physically easy as possible to use the app. So that's kind of our rundown. We are glad that you joined us today. Um, keep tuned for some additional things as Dennis and I come up with some additional topics. If you have additional questions or if you're new and you would like to learn how to use BARD or sign up for library services for the blind, that is something that we can assist you with here at Enrichment. Um, you can contact me directly at 531-365-5320 and we can sign you up for BARD. Um, and assist you with that process, but we can also work with you on downloading the app and learning how to use it and all of those great features that we have. For additional information on some of the things that we're doing here at Arrangement, please visit our website, www.outlooken.org, and you can visit our events page, and that'll list all of our classes and upcoming Tech It Outs and other things that we will be providing to the community. But again, if you have questions, feel free to reach out to us, 531-365-5051. We hope you've enjoyed this edition of Tech It Out, the program that dances on the cutting edge of technology. Brought to you by Outlook Enrichment. More information is available at www.outlooken.org or by calling 531-365-5051. The Radio Talking Book Network is brought to you with the cooperation of KIOS-FM in Omaha and statewide through the facilities of NET Radio and Television. We've been proudly serving our blind and visually impaired listeners for 47 years. Thank you for being a loyal Radio Talking Book listener and supporter.